uh, it's the healthcare entitlements are the big, big, big drivers of our debt. There are three, Obamacare, Medicaid, and Medicare. Two out of three are going through Congress right now. Two, so Medicaid, sending it back to the states, capping its growth rate. We've been dreaming of this since I've been around, since you and I were, at, were, were drinking at a keg, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I was thinking about something else. He was thinking about reforming Medicaid. I was. I was. I, uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time. So you are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast with your host, I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me, as usual, in Nebraska, is my buddy Brendan Williams. Brendan, how's it going? Hey, healing up good. Excellent. I'm like Wolverine. <laughs> we gotta, we've got to tweet that photo out at some point. The Flannel Nation needs to see, you know, the, the aftermath. I think it should become our avatar. No. <laughs> um, yeah, but time heals all wounds. And, as usual... <laughs> Joining us in Arlington, Texas, is the great Matt Hodges. Matt, how's it going? Hey, it's going good, man. Uh, happy first day of spring to everybody. That's right. We are recording on the first day of spring. That's March 20th, 2017. Happy spring, everybody. And happy, happy birthday spring. to one Matt Hodges. Oh, oh yeah, that's you. right, man. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I had a fun birthday. Um, uh, I, I also I wrote this little poem to, to get us started here. Okay, um, I, I'm cribbing other people's work, but uh, all right. <laughs> Twas the first day of springtime, and all through D.C., all the news outlets were talking about James Comey. The Congress was settled, all snug in their seats, to grill the director about WikiLeaks. That was my gift to you. Oh. That was amazing. I feel so gifted right now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I just I hope it's just a tradition that every spring... They have a hearing where the FBI announces that they're investigating the president just to, <laughs> to the rites of spring. You know, they used to do like pagan rituals where you, you do know, the maypole. <laughs> right. right. And now it's just like, oh, well, we just we just investigate the president. That's what we do every spring. Ooh. Right. Well, and wasn't there May Day back in the day? So didn't you used to like protest worker rights and stuff? That'd be great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a big leftist celebration coming up in in just a little over a month here. You talk um, about uh, good, anyone... talk about Good Friday, <laughs> <laughs> Easter, whatever the tradition. The new tradition must involve Matt writing poetry about it. So, All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get this thing started. First of all, did you guys see the article about the opioid issue in Ohio? Let's see. It was by the Washington Post. I'm pulling it up right now. Drugs are killing so many people in Ohio that cold storage trailers are being used as morgues by Christine Phillips. <laughs> Yikes. So, yeah. That Well, go ahead. And there was that other that was that there was that other one that uh one of you linked in our our Slack about how Ohio has ha- has recorded one fentanyl death per day. In oh yeah, all of 2017. Yeah, yep. You think about it, these increases, and you you know you could logically assume that there might be an increase, especially the way you may pick it up tangentially through the news and things like that. But when you start seeing that you know counties in Ohio 
don't have enough space in the morgue for the bodies and are having to rent out cold storage, that really puts things in a whole new perspective. So, um, yeah, that's the kind of thing that happens in movies where, uh, you know, Ebola broke out or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the thing that you see in a movie and you go like, that would never happen. That's, that's crazy. They're just putting bodies into like refrigerator trucks. Like that's insane. Right. Like they're, they've been renting out the type of, um, storage that's used in natural disasters and things like that. Right. So yeah, it's pretty sad. Let me, let I, me... I just want, I want all footage of this issue to be set to the piano part from Layla, like in that one scene in Goodfellas where it kind of zooms around into the storage locker and you've got just a bunch of dead bodies in there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, drug overdoses have led to a spike in the number of bodies coming into the Stark County morgue. This article really kind of focuses on Stark County and then talks about other counties in Ohio that are having similar issues. But they said uh, it's an increase of about 20% in the last year. The additional bodies led to the need for more space, so the coroner's office borrowed a trailer from the state until it gets caught up. Quote, I've been involved in public safety for 40-some years. I remember the drug problem we had in the late 60s and early 70s when I joined the department, Walters said. The fatality numbers are nothing even close to this. Last year, the coroner's office processed about 500 deaths, more than 100 of which were drug-related. So one in five deaths in this county alone in Ohio were drug-related deaths. So... Yeah, it sounds like there's a problem out there. Well, and it's not just Ohio either. I mean, it's right. all over the place, oh, especially yeah. in Appalachia and the, in the South. Yep. Um, I mean, there was a story. I wish I could remember what, Bible Belt, what state Belt. it was, but there was a story about I think it was like Kentucky or something like that, where they were like literally carting in so many like opioid prescription painkillers that they were just bringing them in by the truckload. I mean, there was just like hundreds of pills like per person like more pills per person than the state right um it's just absolutely insane man yeah well and then you know there's this article from uh live science uh talking about how it's something close to like 10 percent of adolescents um have have reported abusing opioids and we know that a lot of uh teens who end up getting hooked on opioids start because of legitimate reasons. So they have a sports injury or something, and they get prescribed uh, oxycodone or mm-hmm. something like that uh, for for pain management during a recovery. But, you know, th- yeah, it's you're right, Brennan. It's, it's, a, it's a nationwide problem right now. Right. Well, thankfully, Trump has a solution for that problem because if, you know, what happens is everybody is getting injured. They get injured legitimately, and then they're just over-prescribed. And they just take them and they take them. And then eventually the doctors say, well, you can't take them anymore. Like we're cutting you off. And then they say like, well, I want more. And then it's so legal. It's it's so easy to just get illegal pills or to just move on straight up into heroin because oh, yeah. it's just so ubiquitous now because of so much product out there. So Trump's going to cut them off at the source. No more health care. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Two birds, one stone, man. Well, He's also, you know. Also, we know that a bunch of, you know, at least fentanyl, I'm not sure about the other ones, but fentanyl, that's coming in through uh, Chinese distributors, you know. So if we get into a trade war with China, 
because he can't stay off of Twitter uh, early Sunday morning, then, you know, that's going to cut off that supply as well. Right. Yeah. So you had mentioned fentanyl, an equally potent or more potent drug. The article here also talked about um, drugs being laced with carfentanil, which is an elephant tranquilizer. I was going to say that they use they use that they use that on <laughs> elephants at the zoo. That's how that's how you yeah. capture elephants in the wild to do, um, you know, give them medical assistance and stuff. That's how you take a car out. That's tranquilize right. a yeah. car. That's how you hunt a Land Rover. <laughs> so, Man. I mean, they said uh, this is ten thousand times more powerful than morphine. And it's being found laced in in drugs in this county or in Summit County in northeastern Ohio. Isn't that isn't that what killed like Michael Jackson? No, Michael Jackson. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> what didn't it. kill Michael Jackson? Right. Michael Jackson was killed by society. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've been talking about carfentanil also being found in um, like street heroin and stuff like that. Um, and it's so much more potent that uh, it's it's much much easier to overdose on it. It's it's kind of a weird like I've I've never really believed any of those stories about you know don't don't take a joint that somebody offers you at a party because you don't know if they lace it with PCP or something because honestly <laughs> who gives away drugs you know that that doesn't happen that's usually a thing that you have to pay for but it unless turns they're out specifically that, trying to get you into. A- a marketing thing. That's right. First one's free, baby. <laughs> I saw that episode of Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> and once, it's you pro- get, once you get hooked to PCP lace joint, you'll be coming back for more. Oh, oh. And the drug that killed Michael Jackson was propofol. Oh man, all these drugs, I can't keep them straight. Fentanyl, carfentanil. I can't believe it's called carfentanil. Carfentanil. <laughs> I probably No, I'm going to call it carfentanil. It's like, <laughs> it, we use the French pronunciation, carfentanil, or something. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, it, it turns out that we've gotten to this point where it's cheaper to have the, the synthetic drug than it is to have the actual drug. So now, like, street heroin is getting spiked with something that's more potent. It's like the first time that myth has ever been true. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, people can't handle it. Nobody is designed to handle that, but now you've got a situation. Elephants, I guess. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Even well, yeah. I guess that's pretty much it. But you, you liberals, know. you want to keep all the good drugs for elephants and none for people. Right. I just can't believe you guys. Well, I mean, what about liberty? So that Morgan Stark County can only house twelve bodies at a time which is for a county with a population of more than 375,000 people in it, which seems pretty small to think that you're only going to have 12 people dead at any given well, time. Well, I mean, you don't keep them around for a long time. Well, no, they're, I mean, yeah, they're, they're moving in and out pretty quick. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it's like the grocery store. There should be no lines, no waiting on all registers, <laughs> you know. Stamp those expiration dates on there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> fill them back up. I don't know. Well, so, if you had one of those self-service kiosks like they have at most grocery stores now, maybe maybe it'd go quicker, you know. Just drive right. drive the body down there. You know, the, the family can right. scan the toe tag. You get your receipt and uh, take it down to the... Uh, funeral home or something you know said last year around the same time cincinnati saw an unprecedented number of heroin overdoses 174 in six days right Mm. and again yeah this is not i mean 
the, this article and the other one about the fentanyl is centering around Ohio, but this is totally, this is all over America, right. rural America, you know, suburban America, it's everywhere. So. Well, right. And it just makes you remember that, like, look, this country has real actual problems that, like, a legitimate government could be, like, working to help with instead of just, you know, tweeting about how the ratings for The Apprentice are you know, down or that, you know, investigating Russia is fake news. You know, yeah, fo- focusing on crimes committed by undocumented immigrants as if there's some huge uh, epidemic of this when right. really it's not. It's it's a, a matching or even slightly lesser crime rate amongst undocumented immigrants than it is amongst citizens. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The rates are actually lower. For, for crime. It's it's like when they wanted to drug test everyone on welfare in Florida because the governor of Florida like owned a drug testing company. <laughs> no <laughs> conflict of interest there or anything. Yeah. So they tested everyone in Florida and they were like, oh, uh, everyone on welfare, turns out they don't use a lot of drugs because like drugs cost money. And they, right. they were using drugs at like a, a rate that was like staggeringly lower than the general population. Sure. Um, so it's just wasting everyone's time and money just all around for absolutely nothing other than conservatives can say, like, we drug tested everyone on welfare like we said we would. Yeah, well, it's it's the same. It's the same welfare queen. You know, it's it's racist dog whistling, just like, uh, you know, under Ronald Reagan. Um, people, especially, you know, like Trump Nation believes that uh, people on welfare, people taking social services um, tend to be like poor people of color. And one thing that that group also believes about poor people of color is that, you know, they live in these urban hellscapes where everyone's on drugs and everyone's, um, you know, everyone's causing riots whenever Black Lives Matter gets together. It's it's exactly the same thing. It's just a way to signal to it's virtue signaling. It's conservative virtue signaling. Right. Uh, they're telling their base like we're we're not going to let um, colored people, uh, you know, use use your welfare without making sure that they also don't ever enjoy life because let's remember drug testing really realistically only picks up marijuana yeah um pretty much anything else that you know harder drugs uh heroin cocaine even uh like ecstasy and lsd those clear out of your body pretty quickly um it's it's just that it's you know weed is fat soluble which you know you build up a little fat because you eat uh, a whole bunch of doritos that night and then over the next couple of days, that's kind of still constantly, or over the next month, that's still kind of constantly releasing into your bloodstream. So we're talking about the least harmful drug is the only thing that's realistically tested for. Yeah. And it's it's obvious, just a signal, obviously just a signal to their base that we're just not going to let them get away with, um, and by them, I mean people of color living in urban areas oh yeah you know getting away with using any of these (laughs) systems that we have set up for alleviating poverty i always thought it was strange because the military was the same way i wasn't in the military but i had a lot of friends that were in the air force some of them are uh listeners to the show right now but um because of that thing because the idea that these other drugs were less detectable or undetectable after a day caused them to do those drugs more being in the military so they would do you know lsd or coke because that was something that they could do and 
have fun on the weekend and then be able to go to work and not have it be a problem. That's probably that could have been more problematic than if they were just smoking weed. But that was the thing that sticks with you right. for at least 30 days or more. Right. So or you yeah. you look at like, oh, well, uh, instead, what I just do is I just get blackout drunk every weekend. Right. Uh, and like, oh, that's totally fine. That, that's great. So you it's know? rewarding riskier behavior. It's rewarding you doing, you know, more addictable substances or doing other illegal substances to the point where you abuse them and i guess risk other people's safety yeah absolutely you know and i'm not i i'm not going to paint with a super broad brush here but i have a number of friends (laughs) i have a number of friends who work in um industry light or heavy industry Mm -hmm. and all of them will tell you that um you know because they can't you know you can't hold a, a commercial driver's license if you're if you're a pot smoker because you get randomly drug tested right uh, but all of these guys will tell you that um lots of their coworkers who were driving trucks or they're driving uh bulldozers or forklifts or cement trucks or whatever absolutely are going out friday night or whenever get whenever they get their paycheck and just getting blasted drunk mhm yeah you know, that's that's not better yeah going going out and getting blasted drunk uh coming in with a hangover maybe on saturday morning because alcohol is not a thing that's tested for, isn't enhancing America's safety or productivity, right? Or or productivity, uh, you know. Whereas you know somebody going to a concert, um, and you know taking a a joint that's being passed around right. or something like you can be completely clear eyed by the next morning. Did you see that FBI report that was like? We'd like to do better at like combating cyber terrorism, but like all the computer nerds that we want to hire, uh, fail their d- drug tests for smoking pot. <laughs> right. It's like, whoa, really making America great again there with that with that law. Like that's Jeez. really helping a lot of people. But I always thought that they had made provisions where they had relaxed those rules for the FBI, so that they could get, you know, the best hacker quality. I mean, I think there's probably a system where, like, you could get a waiver or whatever, but, like, now with Jeff Sessions in the Justice Department, it doesn't seem like he's just going to be handing out those, like, smoke marijuana free cards in the FBI (laughs) like Obama used to do. Absolutely not. Jeff Sessions uh, goes before a big group of law enforcement officials saying, I can't believe that that people are saying that the way we could take care of our opioid epidemic is to create more of a drug problem with people smoking marijuana. He he literally doesn't know the difference between the two drugs. You know, um, going back to what I the the article that well, he does know the difference because he said it was slightly less bad, slightly slightly less bad. Marijuana is slightly less bad than heroin, according to Jeff Sessions. Almost the same, but it just edges it out. So going back to, you know, the the article about how so many teenagers who start off abusing opioids um, were legitimately prescribed that for, for pain medication and studies, you know, we've got, it's, it's something, it's, it's in the millions of people who deal with chronic pain. Um, most of these mm-hmm. people work in like service industry or, um, you know, light or heavy industry. Uh, you, you get a, you tweak your back at work or, you know, I had a, a good friend who had a sciatic nerve injury from working on an oil derrick that he dealt with all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, your choices are fairly limited when it comes to meaningful pain management. But 
instead of using this thing that, you know, we have clinical trials that show that it is effective for managing pain and it's not habit forming, or we can use these synthetic drugs that are habit forming and have led to this epidemic of drug abuse and overdose across the country. It seems to me like letting your ideological opposition to hippies, I guess, slip a little bit right. might be might be in the public interest, might be what a responsible public official would do. Not Jeff Sessions. Well, you you would think, I mean, he's let his uh, ideological perception of Russians slip, so you would think that he would be open to doing that with hippies, but I guess it's not, it's a bridge not the far. same world. <laughs> it's a bridge right. too far. But yeah, sure. I mean, you have to just go to Jeff Sessions and be like, oh, you know, you, you think that, you know, marijuana can't do anything do you know who says differently like actual medical doctors and hundreds of scientific studies and he's like that's nothing that means nothing to me that's just nothing yeah well i mean and that's you know it's just another entry in the category of this entire administration is anti-science you know it's it's the same kind of thing that you saw when when what was it dr nut was sacked in england because uh the nhs had because the NHS, uh, it, you know, as as one of the scientific advisors for the NHS, he said, we need to talk about decriminalizing or legalizing marijuana because it's actually an effective medicine for all these things. Mm. And, you know, using hundreds of studies that show that. And so, of course, they fired him. Yeah. Right. Well, and this is the same way. You have a literal national health crisis with this opioid epidemic that's literally killing people killing so many people that they are filling up the morgue and the morgues are overflowing right having to put dead bodies in trucks and uh, scientists and medical professionals are saying hey look at this we've done some research and it seems like using marijuana as pain management instead of opioids is effective and you literally can't overdose it's impossible to die we could save hundreds of lives. And then the Apparently every day. <laughs> right. And then the but the Republican administration and the Republicans in Congress just say like, well, but drugs are bad, MK. So no. You and know, it's like you it doesn't even make sense. They're totally Mr. Mackeying it. I think you're totally right. And yeah. you know, they're also ignoring how much this would help them on other policy objectives. Because you know, they're 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 the anti-crime, they're the hard on China party. All the drugs are coming from China, and the drugs are causing a lot of crime. Also, we know that people who get hooked on opioids often will switch over to heroin, and heroin overdoses are also rising dramatically. So, by by abandoning just this one little piece of dumbass, unadvised ideology, they could hit three or four policy objectives just in one fell swoop and also attract a bunch of people who are more of the, you know, small government personal liberty types Mm -hmm. who already, you know, libertarians already think that weed legalization is stupid. It's one of the only things that makes an internet libertarian, right? Is uh, I want free college (laughs) and, and the, the ability to smoke weed. Well, it, it just blows my mind in the sense that, Republicans, they seem to think that, first of all, that you have to live your life. You know, they don't want you to be terminated before you're actually born if your family knows about any kind of conditions that you may have. And then when you are born, they don't want you to be able to have the ability to terminate your own life in terms of, you know, your rights 
to not suffer, but they think that you should be fine with being addicted so that you can live pain-free all your life. Like, they think that you have a right to pain-free living, and the only thing they're going to give you is opioids for that, and that just seems weird to me. Right. Well, I don't think they do care about people being pain-free because they don't want there to be a whole bunch of uh, opioid addicts, uh, but they don't have a meaningful alternative policy for helping America's chronic pain problem. I feel like the problem is is that there's this expectation that it's not about managing pain, it's about completely eliminating pain. Right. You know, and and I'm I'm sure that that's not necessarily their stance on it or anything, but since those are the people that are lobbying in their corners of Congress and stuff, it just makes me feel like they're fine with passing that along. Well, so. no, I think you're I think you're totally right because that fits in with their general philosophy when it comes to healthcare, mm-hmm. which essentially is don't be sick, you know? You have the freedom to choose whether or not you have health insurance because, you know, to these guys it's borderline they they think that it's a character flaw if somebody gets ill. Right. right. <laughs> Should have worked harder. Yeah, how embarrassing for your family, Matt. You got sick <laughs> like that, dude. <laughs> Gosh, you bring right. shame. <laughs> All I was trying to do was use U.S. steel to build girders for the Mexico wall, and I tweaked my back, and now, like, now I'm a moral oh, failure. Man, well, here's some pills you can take. <laughs> Problem solved. Yep, there you go. It's okay. I was already getting them from my teenage son, who was playing football and you know blew his knee out. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like just say no to drug dealers, but. Now, should it be just say no to your doctor? <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> right. And they're probably getting kickbacks for prescribing them. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. that's not illegal. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. Well, uh, you know, someone had just recently introduced legislation in Nebraska about medical marijuana. So. Um, yeah. Do they have a sense of how realistic that's going to be? I mean, the, the unicameral is such a mess right now that. I would be shocked mm-hmm. if this got anywhere close to passing. But even the fact that it was introduced is huge progress for Nebraska, sadly. Um, they're trying to get a ballot initiative as well mm-hmm. um, for 2018. But, um, you know, I'm unsure of the of the practicality of that either. Uh, or even yeah. if it gets on the ballot, you know, the practicality of it passing. Right. And literally all of the signatures are going to be in Omaha and around UNL and Lincoln. Well, I will say that I was in Hastings, Nebraska this weekend, and I did see a table set up with a bunch of marijuana leaves on a poster board and posters, and they were doing signatures out there. And there was a couple people over there. So Right on. You know, I mean, yeah, Hastings is still still fair-sized city you know, for Nebraska standards and stuff, but you get into I wonder about that I wonder about that branding. It seems like what they ought to do is put up a poster that says, you know, reform Nebraska's pain control legislation. Let's end this opioid addiction. Yeah. And don't even really have your volunteers tell people that it's about legalizing yeah. at least medical well, weed. It's kind of a double edged sword though, because I'm sure on the flip side that also attracts a lot of people who'd be like, Well, I don't give a shit about that healthcare thing or whatever, but like, Oh, this is weed, this is so great. Uh, so yeah, so you, you pick and choose your targets. You know, the middle of the day when all the families are out, you have your 
your pretty professional <laughs> vague one up there. And yeah, and, and as soon as the sun sets and all the college students start to show up, you flip the sign. Flip the sign. Pull a yeah, boombox out. Oh, absolutely. Start blasting Bob Marley and Sublime. You know? <laughs> it's You should get like uh, some Venetian blinds or whatever and paint one side <laughs> one way and the other and just flip them each time people go Just by. depending on who, who might be approaching your booth. Yeah, as you're, pr- you're profiling them as they come. That would be the best marketing. Right. In the future where everyone's wearing like Facebook virtual reality when they walk around, you'd just be able to just show them whatever you want. It's all personalized, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, you just put one of those little pixelated code things up on the poster <laughs> and you, you scan their social media to figure out whether they sit more... Um, like libertarian, liberal, or progressive, or like hyper conservative, and they just see the version of the poster yeah. that you've crafted exactly for them. It's brilliant. The, it's the ballot measure signature gathering of the future. There we, we go. We solved America, everyone. Let's introduce it. Let's make some money. People are going to have to start buying like Google Glass or you know, I think all the other VR headsets are pretty clunky right now to like go to the state fair in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if the state fair though had medical marijuana imagine if there wasn't a state fair it was just a virtual reality chat room on facebook because that's where it's really going you yeah which might actually be where we're that just sm- <laughs> that just sprayed a scent of pig shit in the room or something you know oh, like, it's and, that authentic. fried corn or whatever like yeah there you go fried twinkies and pig crap <laughs> you get that in there for the virtual reality experience boom and we're coming up with a lot of good entrepreneurial ventures tonight. Police and thieves in the street. Fighting the nation. Thank you, Louisville, Kentucky. On my way, make America great again. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he's headed down to Kentucky for another one of these uh, like victory tour things. Right. Well, Kentucky he's go- fried campaigning. He's going down there ostensibly. Nice. The White House Thank had previously you. said like <laughs> that he was going to talk about health care, but I kind of doubt he gets around to it. Which is especially awkward because Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, is a huge opponent of the health care bill. So. I just a don't huge know. opponent of the healthcare bill, which is causing trouble for Republicans right now, and also a huge opponent of Obamacare, which is massively popular in his state. So he's kind of getting it from both ends right now. Well, they changed the um, name, and I would connect. feel sorry for him, except he's he's just a total knucklehead and. Um, you know, like can't yeah. can't figure out which way the wind is blowing. Right. They changed the name of Obamacare in Kentucky to Kentucky Con- Connect with a KY in Connect, mm-hmm. and it enrolled millions of people, and everyone was like, "Yay, this is the best!" Thanks, be Kentucky. Like, they should make that Obamacare like this, and everyone would be all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> That's right. Just you know, why don't you just take Obamacare, roll it around in eleven original herbs and spices, and then <laughs> you know, serve it up with some biscuits and gravy. Mm, 
Mm. Well, but obviously it worked. You know, if other states had had thought to do that kind of thing, just rebrand it, um, you know, it probably would be working, and you would be able to take a principled stance on on healthcare. But that doesn't seem to be what's happening. All of these all of these conservative run states, you know, stonewalled, refused to take the Medicare expansion or Medicaid expansion, and you know, now the system's not working in their state, and they can they can advocate for repealing it but you know they don't have a plan they don't have a plan to replace it so why didn't obama and biden just play good cop bad cop on this be like obama come out and be like i'm giving you black black guy obamacare and then biden goes around to the state and goes look guys let's set up this other thing I, i know he's a little abrasive but let's just call it kentucky connect and it'll all be good and we'll do it a little bit better and everyone would have gone along with it in every state I don't know why they did just frame it that way. The the actual answer to that is that the Democratic Party lacks a spine. They they don't have the ability to play bad cop because they're constantly apologizing for everything they try to do to help people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty much. <laughs> they're not apologizing <laughs> for their corporate stances though, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the only apologizing I'm not hearing, and it's the only apologizing I want to hear. <laughs> so, right. Did you guys see that post that was like, when we decided that we were going to have like fire departments, we didn't like give everyone like a tax voucher to buy private fire insurance or whatever, to buy private fire department <laughs> coverage. Um, right. It's like, if you think everybody should have a thing, then you have to provide that thing yeah you know you have to actually put your your principles down and you know i feel like after trump i think a a lot of people on the left are going to be trying to be a little bit more strong and coming out with their stances even if they think that it might get hate from the other side because (laughs) hey trump did it and he well i i hope so and what's funny about that tweet is that it's actually historically wrong because the earlier fire departments in america were private entities you know, you you basically paid protection money, mm-hmm. um, and after a while, people figured out that didn't work. <clears throat> right, it's right. bad for me if uh, I have fire insurance, but my neighbor doesn't because then his building catches fire and mine burns right. down anyway. You know, like it, it a bunch of these. That's that's what cracks me up about libertarians that a bunch of these ideas have been tried places. You know, even with when it's something as mundane as privatizing a turnpike or something. And you realize that your state is losing millions of dollars a year in potential tax revenue because people are having to pay to commute to work. You know, uh, to say nothing about fire protection, that's been tried. It didn't work. A bunch of these ideas, uh, you know, we actually have a, a natural experiment that got run and it didn't work out. Your economic system is intellectually bankrupt. Yeah. Well, they don't think that far back. And they think that the moment it was a thought in their head that it was an original thought. So they're like, we don't have a litmus test, so we just need to go with this. Right, because every man is a is a John Galt in training. Well, you sure. Know. Yeah, if you want to learn more about early American fire departments, watch uh, the Scorsese film Gangs of New York, where <laughs> in my favorite scene they have a firefighter like gang war where two rival private fire companies show up at a burning house at the same time. What, just start arguing about who's going to put the fire out? Yes. <laughs> and then meanwhile, the building just burns down. Right, and then, like, take axes to each other. 
Sorry to inadvertently spoil something I've never seen, but you know, <laughs> that sounds yeah. But I mean, horrible. I think that's I think that's the big conclusion you have to get to with uh, libertarians like Rand Paul because either they're completely ignorant of history, or they are a literal robber baron, or they or at least they advocate for robber barons, um, which makes sense, I guess, when you're a fairly well-off person like Rand Paul. But for people who are Rand Paul supporters. Who are, you know, they're having economic anxiety. Their teenage son is addicted to oxycodone and might turn to heroin here pretty soon. Um, it doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know how you reach that type of person. Right. Well, and again, it's like it's one thing to be like, look, I'm a libertarian and I think, you know, in my imaginary world where I'm creating a country from scratch, I think libertarian principles are the best. Versus, like, where are we now in current America and, like, what can be done? Because Absolutely. if you, like, switch the libertarian switch and just be like, get rid of the federal government entirely and just, like, it's just corporations and, like, local governments, you know, what's going to happen? A bunch of states would return to slavery. Right. I mean, I mean there's – there's you got these billionaires and millionaires saying, like, well, I'm good. So, like, I don't need any of that. Roads, post office, like, I don't need any of that. Cops, right. firefighters, I could pay for everything. Healthcare, don't need that, you know. And so for them, they're fine. They're coasting on easy street, you know. For everybody else, it's literally like the end of the world. But yeah, they don't care about, about that at all, I guess. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a principle in political philosophy that John Rawls came up with called the veil of ignorance, which is um, pretend like uh, before you're born, you don't know what person you're going to get slotted into right right um imagine society as it is now and you have no idea where you're going to go like within that society board on the prices right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah right um all right and okay so now plan a society you know and it turns out that if you apply the veil of ignorance to something you know you can't look at america and say everything should just be we'll just flip the switch on meritocracy because there are, you know, if you're planning that out, your odds might be that you are born, you know, a black person living in one of the worst uh, neighborhoods of Atlanta mm. or or, you know, somebody born to a relatively impoverished farming family in Nebraska or, you know, a, a Mexican immigrant who was brought here when they were three years old. Yep. You know, it it right. ends up. Or you live in Manhattan Park Avenue and, you know, your nanny gets paid like a six-figure salary mm -hmm. or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, any of those. It's all any could, Anything could happen. But you're, you're statistically more likely to end up in one of those other less desirable slots that Matt yeah. was describing. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, try to plan your society. You know, John Rawls said try to plan your society based on that perspective which ends up being you're taking the perspective of everybody in the country um, in a realistic way instead of doing like what Brendan's saying. Let's let's just pretend like we exist in a place where literally everybody is exactly equal. And, you know, why do we need government assistance for things? Right. Right. And well, that's a fantasy world. Right. Well, what you're really talking about is just basic human empathy, which I think is sadly what the republican party seems to lack and you know i think it's going to come around and bite them in the ass because you can't keep doing that you can't take health care away from the people who voted for you and still have them support you 
in the same numbers. I granted some of them are going to support him no matter Either what. Way. But I feel like enough people, as they start to see the real consequences of these cuts, you know the the most devastating one to me is all these cuts to the EPA because all these people in quote coal country or whatever are saying like yeah, yeah they destroyed all the jobs let's bring back the jobs because they for- they remember the good things about when they had coal jobs yeah. but mm-hmm. they forget the bad things which is like literal like skies you know just full of smog you know mm. rivers so polluted that they're literally yeah they forget catching the, on they fire. forget the the weird cancer epidemics amongst school children that were caused by weird you know petrochemicals leaching into the water supply right and the, when those things start happening they start to realize like oh man maybe we shouldn't have done all those cuts to the epa oops mm-hmm. um now our river's full of coal ash and it's full of toxic waste and it's literally catching on fire like it used to do in ohio in like the 70s and once that starts happening, they'll say, we need an environmental protection agency. Like, what's going on? Yeah, and that's right. the thing that makes me so sad is that the Democrats can't just grow a spine and stand up and say, look, there's a reason for these things. All these things that you want to cut, there's a reason that they're there and they're important. Right. Right. And Brendan, you and I talked about that on that one bonus episode where we released that, you know, a big concern is – you know, it seems like the narrative is right there for the taking. It's a big ripe apple sitting on the tree, and it seems like the progressives and the Democrats don't want to take it for right. whatever reason. They they seem horrible at, and you know, with the Democrats at least, I I can believe that that has to do with the Democrats being also dedicated to neoliberal economics, where you can't say anything bad about business, you can't say anything about trade. Yeah. Um. Which, you know, these these economic issues are largely at the root of a bunch of these problems, but the Democrats aren't in a position to be able to take that narrative uh, because they're so ingratiated and so inveigled with, um, you know, big industries like the pharmaceutical companies, um, you know, Wall Street. Right. But what they need to do is try to make sure that they're framing the argument or at least framing the messaging to say, look, the EPA contrary to what conservative radio tells you it's not a bastion of liberalism it was created by freaking nixon is that dude a liberal to you okay no so there has to be a reason why people that were even non-liberals would get involved in this so maybe you should look at them you know like but part of that part of that speaks to just how far right american politics have shifted because very true nixon did a number of things that would be derided. I mean, can you imagine if, uh, you know, the Cold War with China had continued on and Obama was the first president to go to China for a visit, (laughs) you know, and and reopen? uh, I mean, Alex Jones would be, you know, popping that vein in his forehead, talking about how he's betraying American values, you know? That was (laughs) Nixon who did that. Yep. Yeah, you know, so... I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the Democrats' issue in terms of messaging, but these are things that benefit everybody. We need to find a way to keep those, and without them, everyone's going to suffer a little bit. So, right. Even well, and I think Brendan's. People. I think Brendan's point is that we need a story that resonates with people. You know, mm-hmm. we need to be able to be able to cast environmental regulations as something that helps your family 
you know yeah uh all all politics is local and all politics is identity politics people care about their own health and safety they care about their own economics right. and you know without that kind of narrative to um bring people back to the left mm-hmm. you know we've got this amazing opportunity sitting right in front of us and nobody has the you know nobody has the moral fortitude to start telling that story right uh bernie sanders does a pretty good job actually you know he's he's on twitter saying you know we need to treat healthcare like a right and then you've got all of these uh uh i saw a great tweet yesterday that was it was my favorite new twitter genre is the the conservative dipshit on the verge of an epiphany you know and (laughs) you've got you've got joe walsh tweeting you know healthcare is a right huh like well do I have a right to a job, to a house, you know, to to uh, to safety? Yes, and yes, it's yes. like, oh man, you were so close. Yep. You were so close to. Do I have a right to life, to liberty, to the pursuit of happiness? Where does it end? <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, thank you, listeners, for uh, joining us for all of that and listening to us. And you can also like us on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel and follow us individually. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? They can find me at Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with a W. Sounds good. Thanks for tuning in again, and we will see you next week. Chuck, Chuck doesn't feel comfortable. No, it, no that's a okay. funny story. But I, I am going to tell you that as a gardener, yeah, um, I, I, it's, it's an adorable thing that you're doing. Um, and also, like, I would exterminate all of those tree rats. Yeah, uh, if <laughs> if I could hit a button to kill all squirrels, I would do it. Right. Well, because they, uh, <laughs> they encroach on your turf, you know, in a way that you. Don't they like. eat my tomato. They take one bite out of every single tomato on your tomato vine. Well, but and then run off. Do you put oh, so food fluffy. specifically out there for them? Because maybe no, if you did, maybe they wouldn't eat. No, I put my garden. tomatoes in my garden for me. So no, no, I, can, I get that. Know, but tomatoes. like, what if you put out ear corn like that squirrels eat, and then they wouldn't <laughs> eat the food in the garden? Yeah. All right, maybe. Yeah. Like, uh, flip that script. It, you know, if, if you had, if you haven't had much success in exterminating the squirrels, you know what? That's extortion. Well, right. <laughs> But they're like, running give a squirrel us, give us a little something, or we're gonna mess up your entire yeah. garden. Why do you Come think on, they I... took one bite out of each of your tomatoes? They weren't hungry, Matt. They were sending yeah, a this message. Is, this is why we got rid of well, uh, privatized privatized fire departments, by the way, because <laughs> I used to just feed the birds the bird seed, but then the squirrels would eat the bird seed, and so then I was like, "Well, I'll just get some food for the squirrels too," and that works out <laughs> great. So now I've got bird friends and squirrel friends you're just perpetuating squirrel welfare (laughs) (laughs) right we need to have a kegger and 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 talk about this
Well, talk about how to unwind. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> about how to take away from them, take <laughs> take them off the dole, the squirrel dole. <laughs> yeah.